Hey, welcome to episode five of This Won't Teach You Anything. On this episode, we're going to do things a little bit different. We're going to have a discussion with three of my best friends, one of them being my brother, and we're just going to go ahead and have a discussion on pop culture and entertainment as we would as if we weren't recording. We have from Los Angeles, California, Jake Geringer, who appeared on episode two of This Won't Teach You Anything on the A Star Is Born episode. We have Josh Ort, and you'll hear him referred to as Ort in the discussion, and my brother, Travis Rude. So let's go ahead and get to it and enjoy the discussion we have just talking entertainment. All right, and here we go with a discussion. We've got Jake, who appeared on episode two of This Won't Teach You Anything. You remember it as a marathon episode on uh, A Star Is Born. We've got I'm Travis. Still stretching out from that. Yeah, you, you, you probably should. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's still playing, or I'm still editing it in some, some alternate dimension. We've also got uh, Travis over here uh, on the show today. I'm just happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And we've got Josh. Josh, got anything to say to the uh 12 or 13 people listening. Uh, looking forward to a good conversation. All right. If we can entertain 12, then we're doing all right. All right. Fantastic. Fantastic. So we're here in the, on this episode to just go ahead and basically um, we're just going to chat about anything that pops up movie-wise, music-wise. Um, who's got something to start? Favorite movie. Not favorite movie. Give me a movie that you like that we might not think that you like. Something for me, I won't mention Star Wars. You're a big Sleepless in Seattle fan, aren't you? No, I used to be, but no, not not as much. I don't, I don't, I don't disavow uh, romantic uh, movies. I do like them, as you can tell from some of the ones that I've that I've already done on uh, a few other episodes. What has somebody got? Fools I Russian. I can start with something that's uh, kind of t- controversial. Um, one of the the best trilogies out there is the Sunset Trilogies. Are you familiar with the Sunset Trilogy? I am not. He's not as romantic as he says. All right. <laughs> no? So you have the, the Before Sunrise, uh, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight with uh, Ethan Hawke and Julie Depley, I, uh, I, Richard Linklater. I've never even heard of this. No, Enlighten Us. Oh, um, that's funny to say Enlighten due to the sunset and the sunrise. Um, so it's, uh, it started off with uh, Before Sunrise, and it's Ethan Hunt, uh, or Ethan, not Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible, but Ethan <laughs> that's, that's a different show. Uh, uh, young Ethan Hawke, right around the time he did Reality Bites, and um, he did this with Richard Linklater, and it's about an, an American that's over in uh, Europe that's uh, doing some train trip, uh, doing a train, like, backpacking Europe. And uh, he meets a girl on the train, like strangers on the train, and it's romantic, and they're having a good conversation, and they agree to meet each other a year afterwards to see if they can continue on. And uh, and that's just the first one. It's just like a romantic thing. And then uh, but also um, the way that they, they cut it is just one night where they, they have a chance encounter. And it's super romantic. It also, isn't what made that unique is it's filmed in real time, right? Uh, th- that's actually the before sunset um, it, that they did in real time. So it's a real like hour and a half, like minute by minute. It's really happening as they're walking through Paris. So you're right with that, or where oh, the second that's, one. that's real time on the second one. 
Okay, so what what are they in order? If you were going to watch them, what, what are you watching in order? You you have to watch them in order. It's before sunrise. That's when they first meet. And then nine years after that is when uh, when Ethan, uh, Ethan Hawke comes back to France because he was American and he was going back to America. And so that you don't know if they met up a year later and then the sequel comes out. Nobody asked for the sequel, but it was just these three actors and uh, directors loved these characters and wanted to revisit them and see where their life was, almost like like Ort said, in real time. And Linklater is the one that also did um, uh, uh, Boyhood, where they did it, they shot for like two weeks and then did that for the 16 years while the kids grew up and took two weeks uh, and filmed them and won an Oscar for Rosanna Arquette. Okay. That's the same director. All right. What, so, what, so we've got Before Sunrise. What's next? Yep. Uh, before Sunset. And then? And then Before Midnight. Before Midnight. And, so, and they're all nine years apart. Okay. Highly recommended. I, I highly recommend it. Okay. As, as uh, a person that loves not just rom-coms, but also um, uh, based in reality. So these are like some of the, the truest romantic movies that have real like arguments and real life situations um, put into a, 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 a couple of characters that are reality based. Got it. Got it. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. Who else? Who else has something that it doesn't have to be romantic anything, but who's got something that that isn't Star Wars or Captain America? Oh, well, then you took both. Of them. I know. Uh, I will go something that's just fun for, for me was, uh, I tried it on serious, but uh, Fools Rush In. We'll stick with Romantic. Selma Hyatt from Matthew Perry. It, it's just a fun, clever uh, movie that dives a little bit into kind of like a uh, guess who's coming to dinner, but uh, the Latin version. So big uh, Selma Hyatt fan and it was just funny. It's just one to watch if you want to laugh and just uh, watch with your significant other. Cool, cool. You said watching with your significant. Uh, is that your wife you're referring to, or you got? Uh... Yes, yes. My wife is a big fan of that movie. Now, do you like it mostly because of the Elvis uh, Fools Rush In? You being a big Elvis fan, or are we talking uh, simply because of Selma Hayek? Or uh, are you a big Matthew Perry fan? Selma Hayek and then the whole Latin traditions and things that they talked about and go into in the movies and, and just Matthew Perry meeting a traditional Latin family, you know, it creates one of those. You ever seen, have you ever seen Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? No. I have the original. Yeah. Who came to dinner? Yeah. Okay. So. Sidney Portier came to dinner. Portier. That'll they call me <laughs> Mr. Tibbs. <laughs> Wrong Mr. Tibbs himself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's kind of like that. Just the whole uh, dynamic of di- traditions clashing and different cultures clashing. Hmm. Yeah, like Salma Hayek. Uh, I remember speaking to you guys about uh, um, who would be like the girlfriend or wife that you would most want from any movie um, any scenario that, that you could pick them out. And I remember Trav bringing Salma Hayek from, from Fool's Russia, and I was like, ooh, that's a good call. Oh, absolutely. That's a real good call. Yes. Oh, she'd want nothing to do with that guy, though. Are you kidding? I'm a winner. Eh, 
I'm not saying you're not a winner. I wouldn't do that uh, on this she, show. She was uh, Adam Sandler's wife in uh, Grown Ups. That's a big, right. A big salute to him writing that. I wonder <laughs> if he had to do with the casting. <laughs> I, I don't blame this him at all. Good for, for you. Yeah. Using your power. This is a gift for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sandler's done all right with, uh, for himself in that. Uh, was one click? We're talking about oh, Kate un- Beckinsale. Yeah, yeah, underrated movies. Uh, I'll roll with that one. Yeah, it was- wasn't uh, planned, but yeah, click was a good one. Yeah, I enjoy that one. Yeah, I think. Um, um, hey, uh, Sandler showed some <laughs> uh, some chops, uh, acting chops. I think uh, he got kind of serious on that. I don't know. Prior with his other stuff, had had you seen him get? Serious. That movie uh, drew a tear from me. It does uh, I was throw it in was Spanglish before Click? No, after. I believe. Okay. What about the one that he did? Um, Drunk Love. Yes. When? Was, yeah. When was that? Love that, that movie. The same, the same that time? um, it was late nineties. That was after. That wasn't that the follow up to Boogie Nights. That was with different. With PTA. And then and then now you have uh you've got what's the uh, one uncut gems? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, he I'm, could be an actor, man, and and Ort loves uh, "Rain Over Me" as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's a great one. Uh, he's kind of a baller too. Yeah, he, for he likes sure. To, he uh, likes to ball. Yeah, yes, he does. Oh, really? Known for having basketball games. He can handle on. the rock, huh? Yeah, yeah. Do you know who uh, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is married to? No. Nina Hartley. What'd you say? Nina Hartley. <laughs> she the old uh, entertainment tonight. No, Stop it. On, you're uh, embarrassing me. <laughs> yeah. She was in Boogie Nights. She, she's a real porn star that was uh, married to uh, um, William H. Macy. Yeah. yeah. So she yeah. used to broadcast on entertainment tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've heard Hartley somewhere. So who is, yeah. who's he married to? Maya Rudolph. Really? Yeah. They got kids together, man. They've been together a long time then. They've been together for a while, yeah. <laughs> you say I, you say Maya Rudolph, and I'm reminded of a uh, MacGruber. Oh, oh no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's where you think Maya Rudolph. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, in the cemetery. <laughs> Groobs. That's a uh, Andy. You've seen MacGruber? Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. yeah Trav, have you ever seen that? No. Yeah. Oh my, my gosh. The best part Bill of that Burr, movie for me is that thing. Opens that bomb. Like, what the? I'm, I'm more of a more of a three wire guy. I'm a more of a three wire guy. Fix it, Groot. Bill Burrow was just talking about that. He, I think he was talking either to Will Forte or something, but he was talking about how much he laughed out loud uh, in the theater watching that movie. Yeah, yeah, that's it's got its moments for sure. The what do you think? What do you think? I mean, this is getting off off this topic a little bit, but. Travis mentioned Fool's Rush in with Matthew Perry. What is yep. it that, that you can have, you can have arguably one of the most popular TV shows of all time in Friends, mm-hmm. and after that, or, or even during its run, you know, these the actors in it, Jennifer Aniston's probably had the most success out of anybody off of the show. Agreed? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Cox oh, for, for a sure. while. You know, earlier on. Yep. But yeah. so, what is it? Is it because they work so well as an ensemble that that they just as as by themselves don't fare as well? Is it what is that? Because you you know you don't see anything 
it seems like with a lot of popular actors and, and TV shows like that, you just people don't translate from the small screen to the big screen. I think, uh, yeah, definitely part of the ensemble thing for sure. And then how hard is it for, you know, characters, uh, not even saying typecast, but I guess that's the best word for it, but it doesn't have to be exclusively that, that you get, you expect a certain something from an actor or a character and you expect, so it's hard for you to digest that when it's something different. Um, we mentioned Adam Sandler doing different roles and it catches you by surprise. So it, it's more of a struggle, I think, for that actor to, to pull that off, to get you in that different mindset for the different role that they're playing. So I think part of that is just maybe expectation of the audience. So if you're traditionally funny and you're in a more dramatic role, maybe it's not delivered as well because you just, as a audience member, have a different expectation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want Matthew Perry to always be... Um, Make me laugh, clown. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Well, yeah, it, it, it falls into almost... Uh, sorry to cut you off, Trav, um, but I'll do it again. Uh, <laughs> it's it's with them getting into, like, normal routines. Like, us as human beings, we have our normal things, and if it comes up on Thursday, I mean, these are our friends or a Seinfeld. These are the characters we've come to know and love, and so we know what to expect. But when it comes to movies, that's when like actors are like stretching out their acting legs and they're trying this one on and this one, this is something a little different, but we'll always come back to that same spot that we, we grew to love them and welcome into our, our normal routine and everyday routine. True. True. It, it would seem, it would seem like with, with using that friends example again, um, out of all of them, again, I mentioned Jennifer Aniston, but you know, I would argue that she's probably probably had the most impact on pop culture from that show, if not for any other reason than you for years you always heard of the Rachel, a haircut, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yep. you know it it went it went and, you know, transcended from the TV show. And I mean, these guys, I don't know, Jake, what were they making? They're 3 million plus an episode or something. That yeah. Last season. Were they the first one that had a million dollar yeah. an episode deal? Right. Well, All they, of them. They stuck yeah. together. They unionized. Yeah, they did more or less. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Cause they knew that you couldn't have that. You couldn't, you couldn't have the show without one of my, my daughter loves friends. I mean, and, and she, I don't know when it went off. Yeah, well, it's having a new, with being on Netflix, a new generation is falling asleep to Friends episodes and The Office. Yeah. And so these younger people that didn't understand or know the relevance of them at the time and what they were doing in popularity and setting trends and things, it's coming back again uh, 20 years after it's been, been off the air. Because Seinfeld uh, did not end in 90... 98. And I know that because my oldest daughter was born and we had went to the hospital three different times with false, false labors. And the last time we were going in, I was PO'd because I was going to miss a Seinfeld finale. And so that was a, that was an interesting night. That's so Andy. That is so Andy. And and the Bulls, uh, it was Jordan's last finals run. And I was missing, I was having to record. I had to have the nurse come in and switch the TV so I could watch that. I had to record on a 
VCR like a caveman, the Seinfeld finale. Because you, you are quite wanted, romantic. Colleen <laughs> wanted to go into labor. How, how, you how were dealing with a lot of stuff. That's I was. Sure. I was. So, you in know, any event. Yeah. So, but so you mentioned Aniston, and and she has been in a boat ton of movies. I'm looking at them now. Mm-hmm. They aren't all good. No, that's what oh, I mean. no, like, no. Like she never like translated and and was like Julia Roberts on the screen. Right. And but she's obviously making a living. Sure. And she's attractive, but looking at some of these movies, it it hasn't translated. Like yeah, Friends I mean, she's, is definitely yeah. She's had some good stuff. You know, Horrible Bosses was funny. I loved her in in Horrible Bosses. Oh yeah, who did? Right, but she's she's a you know she's a, a minor character. In Horrible Bosses. She's right. a secondary character. Yeah. As far as carrying a movie, the only one that comes to mind that I, I think did really well at the box office is We're the Millers. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's I, how I, I agree with that. Was Sudeikis? Yeah. No, no regrets. Yeah. No, <laughs> Not no one single letter. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that was that was pretty good. That's great. Yeah, I remember uh, laughing. Uh, and with, uh, with Jennifer and, and being a stripper. I mean, that's yeah. totally against like her character. She exactly. was kind of a prude and now she's doing this show. So, I mean, th- th- this movie, it's a little bit different. And the people of our age and generation <laughs> want to go there because we saw the trailer and yep. she was doing this. Like, was it like a maniac, like a flash dance? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. you look at. I went strictly for the talent of the cast. Right. <laughs> Love Sadakis. <laughs> but you look at. She had a run there. You know, she was, you had, what, Marley and me. And, yeah, and the breakup. The breakup, that did really well. Horrible bosses. Yep. You know, so she had a run there. And then you look at Lisa Kudrow, who kind of, you know, she's on web therapy, I think, still, that that TV show. So I think she would probably be the next successful one. I think Matthew Perry had a a few. He had the whole nine yards and the whole ten yards, I think. Um, Oh, yeah. With Bruce Willis. Yep. And, yeah, uh, Courtney Michael Cox Clark. had Scream, Scream and Scream 2. Yeah, uh, wasn't she in the uh, uh, Desperate Housewives? That was Terry Hatcher. Oh, uh, regarding uh, Jennifer again, I just remembered one. Does anybody remember The Leprechaun? Oh, God. Yes. The Leprechaun. Uh, that was 93. See, I was graduating high school then. So pre-Friends. Yeah. Isn't that on Isn't the... It... Go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> Who, who's up? Jake is in Los Angeles for those of you sorry. listening to this. So we're running with uh, we're running with a few people in the room and one across country. We're running with scissors. Very dangerous. <laughs> Pretty much what this equivalent is. Uh, I believe the Leprechaun uh, on the list of most successful movie franchises ever. Uh, I, I... some Oscars in that one. <laughs> Leprechauns in space or uh, something. You are lying about leprechauns in space. No. Look oh, it up. My, look it up. I'm going to watch it tonight. <laughs> leprechauns, weren't they Weren't they in the hood as well? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yep. One of the, which one of one, the recent Which entries. one was, okay. Um, leprechaun also had Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey. Oh, One my. of the sequels. What? Was yeah. that that or Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I thought there was. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Leprechaun. I'm gonna look it up. Somebody look that up. So the All Leprechaun right. was handling a chainsaw. I'm, 
Where are we at on this? That's dangerous. No, I think there was. I think there was one of the te- Texas Chainsaw Massacres had Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger in it. I think. Yeah, Look it's either up. yeah, you, either Texas Chainsaw or Leprechaun. One of the iterations of those. Uh, but Matthew McConaughey. Um, I don't know if you guys know the story about how he got dazed and confused. Um, he befriended he the high. producer in a bar. <laughs> Hung out at a high school. <laughs> Uh, no, he was at uh, UT, University of Texas. I think it was in Austin. Isn't isn't Texas in Austin? Or uh, UT is in Austin, the, the yes. main one. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, they were. Um, I think it was Dom Phillips is the producer for Days and Confused, and he's done a couple other ones. I know Mallrats, uh, Days and Confused, and um, um, Fast Times at Richmond High. He produced those and got the start for Sean Penn and all these other young stars. And he was at the hotel bar and McConaughey was in there and this guy started having a conversation with him. He was hitting on these chicks and uh, and just charismatic McConaughey. And, uh, and yep, exactly. <laughs> and, and all right, all right, all right. He made its way in. <laughs> No, that's crazy. Yeah, the chance encounters that, that lead to something, you know, that has to be, uh, there's got to be some great stories because there's there's probably some ultra-talented people that we've, we've never or never will hear from just because they didn't have that one big break. That one instance. You know, that's, yeah. that's uh, crazy to think about. Travis, you had mentioned earlier when we were talking about this, uh, the movie, and Jake, you did too, The Breakup. And yeah. we, we were talking about, you know, great film. But the one thing that resonates with me about that is it's one of those movies that just feels almost too real. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not one that yeah. you want to throw on and, and watch all the time. I mean, because it's a it, it's another one that's a really good movie that is like that is Marriage Story on Netflix. Oh, that's a hard watch. Yeah. But I mean, it's a it's a it the, the way it hits in reality. I think a lot of Steet. us want to. Yeah. Just steeped in reality. Yeah, you want to go ahead and you want to escape when you go to a movie. At least I do, right? Yeah. And so you watch That's... something like you know the the performances are fantastic, but then the end, it's like, um, it's like Bradley Cooper f- flipping out in Silver Linings Playbook when he's reading the Ernest Hem- Hemingway book. Oh uh, yeah. The end, yeah. At the end of the book, he throws it out the window, and you know they're supposed to be happy, and they're supposed to be this and that, and one of the characters dies, so it, it hits a little too close to home, but it's. It's the, kind of that way. Oh, for sure. Uh, for the longest time, I never watched uh, Schindler's List. Oh. Because, it, I mean, as much of a great film that is, it's depressing. I've seen like, it one time. Yeah. And I, although I watched Schindler's List, I never, I haven't seen Passion of the Christ. Because, I, again, like you said, I go to the movies to be entertained. And, and definitely uh, the breakup had some kind of depressing feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um it was good casting. I thought they did well together. And I think, Jake, you had mentioned to me before that they had to do uh, in the screening that uh, they ended up broken up. They never got back together. So the little thing at the end of that movie where they bump into each other in Chicago and kind of share a grin, hey, I'll come by, um, 
That was a reshoot, correct, uh, Jake? Yeah. Well, yeah, that was, it didn't test well with the, the audience um, when they would do the, like, the test runs and the test grouping and seeing what kind of opinions they have. And it left them with the, the uh, bad taste in their mouth. And so they, they reshot that just like that two or three minute bumping into each other and, and letting people are able to walk out there and have a good experience from the movie rather uh, than with that bad taste. I mean, the end of uh, infinity wars where people are just like, Oh Jesus, what, uh, what is going on here? Or what, what are some of the other movies that you think of that you're just one and done? And I mean, you don't need to see it again, although it's really good. Um, I, I, I think of two that come to mind, are Manchester by the Sea? Did you guys see that? Mm-hmm. I did not. No, Casey Affleck. <laughs> yeah, oh. that that's that's a one and done. Mm-hmm. And Schindler's List. I mean, you see it once, you appreciate it for mm-hmm. what it is, but it's not something that I can really sit through. You know what did it again. for me on Schindler's List? A little girl in the red coat, the only oh, color yeah. in the entire film. Yeah, and I'm like, and then then you see that coat later on. And it's still on her, but she's on that cart. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I refuse to watch uh, The Boy in the Pajamas. Have you guys pajamas. You know anything about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's just too much. And like you said, I mean, we're trying to watch these movies to escape the reality that we're, we're living in mm-hmm. and try to be entertained. And it's, it's hard to, to walk away from those things when, when you know the, the stakes are so high. I think it correlates to what we were just talking about, uh, you know, like typecasting of Jennifer Aniston or Matthew Perry, anybody trying to make a leap from uh, mostly comedies on, on uh, television to the big screen. You, you go to the movies, you've got an expectation, and um, you don't want to have to deal with that. The movies are our escape from dealing with those things sometimes, you know, on a daily basis. So movies... I think for Americans anyway, should be, should be fun and escape. Even if it's scary, you're still escaping. People like being scared. You don't expect some dude to actually come at you with a meat cleaver. Right. You, you want to go ahead and just forget whatever's on your mind for a few hours. Um, and even these movies like Schindler's list, I mean, they can, they can make you do that, but there's nobody, nobody coming out of a movie like that. That is, that just, you know, feels better about anything, you know, and it's not made that way, obviously to be that type of movie. I mean, it's, you know, Spielberg's done a few of those with, um, Munich was another one. Yeah. Um, not purple. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you just saving private Ryan. Yeah. You know, with saving private, I'll watch that one. I've watched that one multiple times. times. Memorial day or veterans day. I'll usually watch, you know, you can find it on Memorial day a lot. Um, but it still gets me every time. Oh yeah. Uh, oh man. Yeah. That's just yep. Man, that but, yeah. The the end of that when Tom Cruise. Well, Tom Cruise, uh, I mean that's the, Tom Cruise saves everybody because he's Ethan Hunt. Tom yeah, Hanks. and he uh, pri- when he's jumping, uh, yeah, he's climbing <laughs> a mountain <laughs> with Private Ryan over his, his mission, shoulder. His mission impossible. <laughs> Ethan Hunt. He keeps showing up everywhere. <laughs> Save <laughs> this guy. soldier, yep. Ethan. Yep. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I I think we'd be remiss if we did not go ahead and then and, and obviously in this discussion, Tom Cruise is and Ethan Hunt are the greatest actor and movie character of all time because yeah. two different people have done the exact same thing 
trying to put Ethan Hunt in a World War II epic and and Tom Cruise in everything. Right. Well, he was in World War II, Valkyrie. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Oh. I had a problem with Valkyrie. Oh, I, I, I had a lot of problems with Valkyrie. Yeah, what were your problems? I, I did not like his portrayal. Uh, you know, it, luckily, what it did do, though, and what I look for when I watch a movie like that, it did make me research the whole plot to assassinate Hitler. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it got me reading on it and things like that, which that I loved about it. But the more I read about it, you know, I just, the whole portrayal of Hollywood. Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> he, it does that. He uh, didn't have the technology to be a great spy like he does as uh, Ethan Hunt. If he would have, <laughs> Hitler would have been dead. That's right. D-E-D. But I don't think, <laughs> I, I just wasn't a fan of it. I don't know how it did at the box office. You guys might be able to remember, but I, I just didn't like it. I saw it, but that was What was one. it? That, I mean, you did some more research. What was it that turned you off from his portrayal? I think just, and you'll get this with a lot of movies, just all the 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 in-depth planning that went into it. You saw a, a good amount there, but then all the bad stories of how each each character played a more significant part than what the movie showed. But again, it like Andy said, it's Hollywood. But I, from what you guys were saying, did you guys like it? Well, first of all, or did you see it? I saw it. I don't remember it that so there, well. I remember that. That's an I liked indictment it. of the film yeah. right there. Yeah. Is that you saw it and you're like, it's faded. Yeah. 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 I mean, I can think of a ton of Tom Cruise movies. I think we all can that we do remember. Rain Man. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Full trickle. Um, the, the, the thing with Valkyrie for me were the lack of, of, uh, German, uh, of the language. Yeah. Yep. It, you well, know, I mean, it really should have been. Well, didn't they pull that off? If my memory serves me right. Like they were speaking German, they translated to English eventually so that they didn't have to. Do I don't, it he didn't have movie. any kind of an accent as I remember. That was the other thing. Yeah. I, I think they did the, the whole hunt for red October thing where right. they started with the, in the, the language and then they did like a close up or a pullback where right. it slowly trans it, it translated into English. Yeah, I didn't like and it. And use that as a way to be like, all right, we're going to do English. They didn't do that with Passion of the Christ, but I know they did that with these. Um, before we march on, there's another movie that um I, I respected for how they did it. Uh the 13th Warrior with uh Antonio Banderas. Yes, Puss in Boots. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> wow. That's what he's been relegated to. Oh, my gosh. Puss I was Zorro. I was Zorro. Yes. I was Zorro. No, no, Puss in Boots. No, he's a, he's no. a cat, Puss with, a adorable, cat man. with those adorable eyes. Yep. Um, How do you say, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's not his catnip. That is, that is not mine. Uh, 13th Warrior, they, they kind of do that same thing. He's like, uh, have you guys seen this? No, uh, I've not. He I gets, have, but it's been a while. It, it's actually revisit it. It he gets uh, revisit it. We didn't visit it. Well, there's a couple I, I that have visited. It. Yeah, you just stay out in LA. Stay in your Ooh, lane. Not me. So, um, kind of, kind of like what you're saying, Jake. Uh, they start out in a, a uh, the the common tongue, and but Antonio Banderas has been, uh, I think, taken prisoner. Uh, by this like Viking tribe or something, and he's mm-hmm. this uh, respected warrior from his own village. So he's sitting around listening to these uh, guys talk in a foreign language, and then uh, they keep shooting. Like it'll be day, it'll be night, it'll be day and night, and then it keeps going through. And then eventually, you start hearing words 
from his captors. You start picking up on, uh, they start speaking in English, basically. So you get the sense that Antonio Banderas, by listening to them, he's learning their language without necessarily speaking back to them. So then it gets to a scene where he's been sitting for, I don't know, months or however long it's been, seasons, and then eventually he says something in their tongue and it gets all their attention. But it's just really cool how they portrayed that. So, Yeah, and I think in that type of film it doesn't bother me as much, but for some reason in, in a historical sure. account, type yeah. of movie it just it it you know like it just hits wrong yeah i mean you compare it to something like das boot you know yeah great great movie was that uh, antonio banderas too as a cat no he, uh, <laughs> that was that was close as much as antonio banderas <laughs> and tom cruise should be in every movie ever he was not in that one but i i do have uh uh interesting bit of trivia about das boot does anyone know it uh, I don't know your bit of trivia. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> that was so, the trivia. Does anyone know it? So the, no, I still don't know which boo we're talking about. This one or das one? Das. Das. <laughs> um, the submarine that was used in that yeah. is the same submarine in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, is it really? Yep, they were yeah. shooting in the same in the same um, area for yeah. that, and I believe it was. It, it just happened. They were shooting at the same time, and Spielberg was able to get to borrow the boat for that scene where Indiana Jones jumps off the uh, the smuggling ship yeah. and ends up right. on the submarine. Yep. Yeah. Steven Karen Sp- Allen. Yeah. Steven Spielberg walking up to set. Uh, you done with that boat? Can I, can I borrow that? <laughs> well, let's, yeah. Well, let's see. Steven Spielberg at the time would have had Jaws, Close Encounters, and uh, Jake and Ort's favorite, nineteen forty one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, those are classics. Uh, or not a fan. Nineteen forty-one. Again, one of those ones. Uh, yeah. No, I get you. I yeah. feel it. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. You expect more from John Belushi. Oh my God, he gave everything. <laughs> oh my God, how much coke and heroin did the guy have to do to give you more? Apparently, a few more I lines. Just, I always oh en- envision him as a samurai wanting to do himself in <laughs> <laughs> Saturday Night Live. Yep. So we talked Spielberg, another big director, James Cameron. Any James Cameron uh, fans here? Oh, oh yeah, big time. I've That's heard of that guy. Stuff. Yeah. I still miss, uh, I didn't see Avatar in 3D at the theater. You know, that's the only movie that I was actually excited to pay to see in 3D because of the way yeah. he shot it. That was, it was I'm, incredible. IMAX 3D, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Which, by the way... This will date the podcast here, but I just read today they finished primary shoots on Avatar 2 and are almost done with Avatar 3 right now with uh, principal photography. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. Well, I mean, the special effects are going to take another time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll be 10 years before we see it. Yeah. Either one of them. But they shot in 3D, right? They shot mm-hmm. it in 3D? Yeah. So. Didn't they make cameras specifically for this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I, I was like, I need to see this one in 3D. It's the only time I've thought I, I want to see this movie. Never, I don't mind pissing money away. True. Even when I don't have it, which is a lot of the time, but I don't like paying for 3D movies for mm. whatever reason. You know, you I, I just don't think they're worth it. But that was one that I was like, I, I really need to see that. I'm glad I did. It was well done. Um, Titanic, another James Cameron. So we had right there Avatar and Titanic. Too soon. The guy had. Billion dollars. 
both of them billion dollar movies. Yeah, he had two of the at one time a couple of his movies were the the biggest grossing movies of all time. Yep. Yeah. And uh the Titanic sank in 1912. Is that right, Trev? Check me on that, 14, I think. 14, 1914. Yep, 1914. All right. So somewhere in there. Allegedly. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. And Travis is still hurt by the fact that that sank, and it he's going with too soon yeah. on this discussion. Too soon, guys. And James Cameron movie. Yeah, so we were talking about movies at uh, Valkyrie that historically you couldn't get on board with. So I still love to revisit uh, old Jack and Rose. I don't mind. Uh, yeah, I watch that movie. Uh, it, but I do remember uh, the gal I was dating at the time waiting and trying to get tickets for – for a couple months, because it was always sold out. Now, yeah. granted, we didn't have the number of theaters that we do do Kids now. Kids will never know the struggle. Yeah, like it was like you try like on a Friday or Saturday, every show is sold out. And I remember sitting and watching for the first time, and we're talking about history that they they actually filmed. I think that was the first footage that they had had of the actual shipwreck, if I'm not mistaken, and they put it in the movie. Like this was brand new stuff that that and they. Oh. Because yeah. yeah, because Cameron had actually went down went to down. the yep yeah yeah so that to see the I think that's what everybody went for even though the movie was Hollywood mm-hmm. you know fictional got, characters yeah but mm-hmm. it's it's Leo so to to see the actual Titanic laying on the bottom of the ocean was just you know breathtaking you know and to bring that ship back to life to rebuild it and do the things that they did oh I loved all the talk. Going into it, all the documentaries leading up to it and everything. And Andy, you were correct. Uh, it was April 14th, 1912. Thank that you. Check. But I remember going to see it and I loved it. And it was, like Andy said, it was number one. And then Avatar came out and it moved to number two and then adjusted for inflation. They're still up there. They're not, they're not the highest ones, but they're still, they're still up there. Sure. The, I do remember and I can, I can verify because at the time I was dating my wife and in uh, we went out one night and it was probably three or four weeks after Titanic opened. We were going to go see that. And we went out there and it had a big multiplex out there near Detroit where she was living. And there must have been 14, 15 screens at this place and it was playing on six. And we couldn't get a ticket get in. Yeah. that night. We ended up seeing... Um, um, as good as it gets. Oh, that's oh, yeah. that's, that's yep. a nice, a nice yeah. follow up. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was, it was, it was another couple weeks before we got into, t- and we didn't try throughout the week, but on the weekends, it was yeah. another couple weeks before we could get in to see Titanic. And one of the interesting things I'd always thought about that was if you, if you go back and look, I don't know, Jake, I don't know if you do this. I've, I've gone back and I look at, uh, like box office numbers sometimes if I'm bored, like at lunch mm. at work, you know, box office mojo, it's not free anymore, but you could, you, you could run like numbers. You could pull up a movie and it would tell you what it did on what dates and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Titanic yeah. had this like epic six month run to where it was like in the top five movies for like six months. It, it was ridiculous how long that yeah, the, the movies used to be out for years, man. It was crazy, and, and th- th- that's where the term blockbuster came b- from. Was uh, Godfather, where people were lined up around the blocks in New York, and that's that's when the 
the phrase came from Blockbuster was because there were so many people waiting around just to get into the theaters for this movie, and that was the Godfather. I did not know that. I like that trivia. Because of the Godfather. Hey, trivia. And Jake's done. Yep. I'm out of here, folks. Costanza. The number one movie adjusted for inflation. Gone with the wind. That's right. Gone with the wind. And the the Titanic popularity continued over. I was working at Best Buy at the time. We had a midnight opening for the VHS release of Titanic. And we had people lined up down the sidewalk. The news was there. And we, it was just so busy for pretty much over an hour. We were 12 to 2, 12, midnight to 2 a.m., and that first hour, hour and 15 minutes, it was just people, people, people. I, I have a question uh, for Mr. Andrew Root. Um, is the Celine Dion single still the number one single of all time? I don't know if that one, um, you dick. What's <laughs> um, <laughs> that? What what's the joke in that? that? That's when I went over to the apartment that you oh, guys had, right. and Ooh, had Skyler would only fall asleep to this Celine Dion song, and I put it on to try to put her to sleep. Jake hated uh-uh. it. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not in my hated house. It. Not in my house. Keep her awake. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. He hated that. Yeah. No Celine Dion in here. <laughs> His heart was not going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. What was that? What was the island? What was the name of the apartments over there? A portico. Uh, portico. Yeah. Does, Porno does not call. help. Does not help this podcast in any way because no one knows where that place is. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, Titanic was one of those movies that just it. It was a a different time of of going to the movie. It was something that that just you don't see that a lot. Even when, you know, when Star Wars came back out, movies now you have, when The Force Awakens hit, probably the biggest thing in a while, you've still got so many movies that, you know, these multiplexes can show, put it on eight screens yeah, and run it all day. Well, and that's kind of what's impressive about Avatar and Titanic and and obviously the Marvel ones are going get, to get the kids, but at the time, and Chav mentioned Gone with the Wind, well, shoot, there wasn't anything. What else was there to watch back then, you know? Yeah, true. Little, little well, Abner. <laughs> well, one of the things that, that Jake had brought up that when he and ta- he and I had talked earlier on on one of the previous shows was the fact that Titanic and Avatar pretty much break the rules of what you should do to go ahead and make money with with movies. They're both over three hours. Yeah, that's uh, that is a killer for for any like studio that's trying to. Um, do a, a plug and play where two hours and two hours and 15 minutes for playing again so we can get five to six screenings in and just churn in that machine. Um, but the, these guys, uh, it, it didn't matter with James Cameron. I mean, he, he would put in there however long he wanted. And another person that does that is Quentin Tarantino, where mm-hmm. his average screening is like two and a half hours for uh, for every movie that he does. I mean, Pulp Fiction is, I think, two hours and 42 minutes, and that was like his big come-out movie, and he still put in there what he wanted. Yeah, he's he's one of those directors. Um, Spielberg's one. James Cameron is one that can just tell the studios how long they're going to be. Yeah. 
and 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 they they're like the cowboys in that sense where they really don't they they like the rules they know the rules and and then they're still going to do it their way how they feel that <laughs> they need to but then you have like george lucas when he puts things out there he has a formula to do and he he cares in a way that's different from others because he he has an ear to the audience and I mean, everybody like goes after Lucas and he was trying to do like the prequels and almost doing it for fans. And I think he just had had enough and just wanted to let go of that franchise, sell it over to Disney so he didn't have to deal with it anymore. I mean, he he cared a lot. Yeah, that's probably the biggest pressure cooker. Star Wars fans are some of the most toxic fan group. And it didn't used to be that way. It's it's one when, um, when the the last three movies came out and I think it, it has to do with the internet. Oh yeah. You know, because the, the prequels, everybody's got a voice, right? right? And anonymity, right? You can say what you want. Exactly. You can say what you want without having to really go ahead and, and think anything else about it. And you've, you've got people that will just go ahead and maybe never a fan of this or that. And just want to go ahead and flame people that are just to throw, you know, a troll just to do what you want to do say what you want to say be who you want to be all right oh okay do you remember that i do i do that's uh a flashback i thank you yes exactly (laughs) what was that adam's family too i think so wasn't it i think it was bobby brown adam's family too no hammer yeah, MC Hammer. Yeah, it was MC Hammer. Did you do the, the Adams Family? Yep. Thing, man. Pretty sure, but you were right with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, what that? do I know? Okay, good. I like being right. <laughs> I like being right. <laughs> Scoreboard. Yeah. Two, zero. Yes. <laughs> and don't forget Titanic. That's why got you the two. Thank you. So there's a different <laughs> philosophy of running out movies, and and Trav need a little help from you on this. Uh, you being the big Elvis fan, how many movies did uh, Senor Elvis uh, put out there? If you include the two Vegas documentaries, um, I believe it was 27. And trivia, we love trivia. Elvis is the only actor who, well, with a certain amount of movies, I don't know what the number is, who's never lost money on a movie. 27 movies, huh? That's a pretty good run. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. he hated. Those I don't know movies, about that one. Most of those movies too. Oh, he did absolutely. It was just they were just money. You know, they were just money makers, especially after. Well, it's because King his Creole. name was on it. Hard yeah. to keep quality after say twenty, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, for him, it was about after eight. You got past King Creole and Flaming Star, and then you ended up with Harem Scarum and Kissing Cousins and Change of Habit. Hey, we've got these crappy scripts, and we don't know what to do with. Is there a song Elvis in there? Elvis is under contract. <laughs> yep. That's pretty much it. <laughs> and yeah, every movie he made uh, was, made money at the bot's office. Jake? I, I'm sure there's a lot of actors that fall into that category now. Um, I would say Samuel Jackson, maybe. Um, he isn't Samuel Jackson the, the highest grossing. His movies have grossed more than anybody else. He's over $4 billion. 
It might be well when you're the Avengers and you're in a ton of you know a ton Avengers, of that stuff. Star yeah, Wars. They're not talking. Yeah, they're not talking lead. Like lead. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, just movies he's, he's appeared in. Yeah, he yeah. was in Avengers, yeah. Star Wars. You know, Captain Marvel. All that that whole Marvel. He's like universe. the Sam Perkins. Yes. Actor. Mid per- yep. <laughs> it's move with a two inch vertical. Yep. But uh, yeah, so. It, you didn't have to put out good stuff back then. To uh, you just had to be the name, and he was the name for a long time. I think he was disappointed with a, a lot of that, where he wanted to be like just an actor and not a singer. That's oh, absolutely. Acting, he he right? was told his first one, "Love Me Tender." He he was told originally that there would be one song, the title song, that would be it. Yeah. And nope. Uh, and then you know, but the Colonel controlled everything for him. And he was always indebted to the colonel, so he never went against him. Well, yeah, why did he not fire the colonel? Well, you're going to get to see. Do you know why? Do you know Elvis never performed outside the United States of America? Yeah, because the colonel was was a uh, illegal. illegal immigrant yeah. and couldn't yes. travel outside the U.S. How was he a colonel if he was an illegal immigrant? He wasn't a colonel. He gave himself he the wasn't name. wasn't a colonel at all. <laughs> yep. Well, call me the general. <laughs> I will not. You're sir. no general. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Stop he, and give me fifty, soldier. You'll get to you'll get to see maybe that story in the upcoming Tom Hanks movie. Yes, oh, so excited! He he's the, the colonel. colonel? Yep. Tom Hanks is the colonel. Yep. No. Yes. Yeah, I think was wasn't that what he was filming when, when he, he got COVID? COVID? Yes, yeah. it was in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow, the irony. Yeah, he filming had, in Australia. The colonel couldn't go out of the United States. How about Boom. That? <laughs> yeah, he well, he was always loyal. He he always told people. He said, you know, the colonel got me here. So why would I fire him? Yeah, that's despite no, the last Elvis got you there, not the colonel. The last contract, it was fifty fifty. Yeah, that was that agent. was the colonel's cut. Yeah, it was fifty percent. Yep, and Elvis yeah. said, "I'll always okay. ma- there'll always be more money. I'll just go out on tour again." The colonel was running a scam. Yep. Oh, absolutely, that's what he was. He was a con man. He was a carny. Did he get uh, Elvis all hopped up on the drugs? No, the military started that. Yep, the military did. He was over in Germany, right? staying up for watch. Yep. Uppers, downers, and then but the the colonel. There's a story that the the colonel, while he was in Vegas, toward you know at the end, um, you know late early seventies when the they were starting to kick in and affect his appearance and everything, that the colonel walked in on some of the Memphis mafia, literally uh, putting his head in ice water, pulling it out, putting his head in ice water, pulling it out just Elvis was out of it, mm-hmm. and the colonel said. Dry him off, get him suited up, and get him out there. There's paying people waiting to see him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's when that's when uh, they knew, you know, the colonel had nothing but, but money. Well, they should have known on that 50-50 contract. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Is it also true that uh, Elvis never did an encore? That's why they announced Elvis has left the building? Uh, toward the, yeah, yep. So that's where that came from, was because, you know, it, it was hey he could get off the stage and the car and go. If he did an encore, you had you had chances for fans to find you know oh this is the end you know now we're gonna go ahead and and start looking for him. Elvis has yeah he was how old when he passed he was forty two forty six forty two forty two Jackie Robinson that's younger number. than that's all right. of us. Well, not me. Trav, what are you? Forty one. Oh, well, next you year's your Elvis year? year? Yep, yeah. next year's my Elvis year. Hopefully I'll make it. Hopefully it's a Jackie Robinson year, not the Elvis year. <laughs> let's, uh, let's dip his head in water a few times and <laughs> snap him out of it. Oh, You're man. not getting the title of the colonel, or stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm amazed he took half his money. Like You'd think his chicken recipe would be enough to... 
Jeez. My lord. We can edit that. What? Oh, please do. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. If the we want that whole chicken franchise, if we want your one. 12 or 13 <laughs> fan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Or lighten up the boards. <laughs> if we want your 12 or 13 fans to really know or you leave that in here. You leave that joke in there. <laughs> oh, man. Or it's hey, not they... going to make it to final Jeopardy because he's getting <laughs> negative. <laughs> <laughs> they can't all be home runs. Three people that have never been in my kitchen. That is right. <laughs> Thank you, Clavin. <laughs> great uh, cheers, Mr. Episode. Clavin's doing great. He'll blow it, <laughs> man. So that's that's one of the best uh, TV for me TV shows to like fall asleep to. I used to do that yes. all the time. It would come on at like it was uh, like eleven thirty to noon or to midnight um, that it would come on at night, and I'd wake up to like the the where they play the. Uh, the national anthem and then go to snow. Yeah. Yep. That doesn't happen anymore. Nope. No. Kids will never know. They just go to plaid. They go to. Pl- oh, <laughs> Tesla. You guys. I saw that. That, that you sent. Yes. <laughs> he yeah. is a huge space. And why fan. shouldn't he be? Talk about oh, a movie that's lasted. And do you think it gets enough credit? Well, if people start to understand the jokes that Elon Musk is like making money off of the jokes from that movie, I think the word will get out and it'll, it'll have a resurgence as well. Um, it's, it's quoted so much from, from not just me, but my, my nephews. So a generation below where they, they quote that back. Yeah. To me. I think, I think the star Wars tie in, you know, if you have, sure. as you get new star Wars fans, it's like, that's like required watching. Yes. Yeah. Kenzie will be watching it uh, very soon. I told her we're going to watch that. I think she heard Jake and I talking about it. Yeah. Buddy. Oh, mine. is that right? Yeah. A buddy of mine uh, that I went to middle school with, I saw on his Facebook page, his uh, he has his uh, COVID mask. It says Spaceballs the Mask. The yes! Mask. Yep. Yes! <laughs> right on awesome. it. It was fantastic. Merchandising. <laughs> um, well, did, I, did you guys know that story about Elon Musk when he talked to Joe Rogan about the flamethrower? That's why he, yeah, that's why he made it. Yeah, he told Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan didn't know the story. He was just like, well, why did you make a flamethrower? And he's like, well, we can't uh, technically call it a flamethrower. It's not a flamethrower. And then gave like a technical term for it. But he goes into quoting like Spaceballs. And he's like, well, we were watching Spaceballs. And they were talking about merchandising. And they did Spaceballs, the movie. Spaceballs, the the t-shirt and uh space balls the flamethrower the kids will love it <laughs> the kids are gonna love this that's fantastic joe, joe rogan probably never watched space balls i didn't know the joke in there but uh, but elon was going with it <laughs> oh man just one of my favorites one of my favorites of all time what is a uh what is a movie or who's an actor that you will see their work without even knowing what the movie is is there anybody out there actor or actress oh absolutely Tom Hanks. That's a good one. Yep. Ethan Hunt. Okay. <laughs> Yet another good one. <laughs> Yet another good one. Yeah, Tom Cruise for sure. Um, the, I don't, I, well, directors, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, um, that's one of the few I can think of to where the, the director is like at the forefront of, oh, I can't wait to see the new Tarantino movie. Yeah. You know, that's I everybody at work that when we talk films and whatnot, it's like, oh, Tarantino film, a Tarantino film. 
as big as Spielberg, you know, I mean, you don't, I don't hear people say, I can't wait to see the new Spielberg movie. Yeah. You know, Tarantino's just. He's got one left. You think, you think he'll stop there? For sure. He's been talking about that for years. He's, he's 10 is his limit. And then he's going to start writing novels. All right. We'll see. Well, and then those will get turned into movies. So you think he'll protect those from, from uh, being turned in? To movies, I don't know. I think he has an appreciation for the arts, and like one of the interviews that he talks about is like filmmaking is a young man's game, and that's why he wanted to do. He's planning on doing ten, and he'll be in his sixties when this tenth one comes out. And I think he would make the novels and hope that other people would try to do it. And then okay. if somebody tries to, some young director comes up and makes a mess of his work that might bring him out of retirement It's like man these filmmakers these days they're not shooting on film they're shooting digital and they're not getting it right so he might come out of retirement based off of that I but i think he he's done. that's what he's looking to do andy what about you oh uh, harrison ford oh yes yep really oh yeah yeah hmm. so you saw call of the wild i did I did just strictly because he was in it. Yep. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of carte blanche with me. Yep. Yeah, I mean you have so many you have how many actors can can say they have these all-time characters that they've put yeah. on screen. Oh, he's got two of the biggest. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so um and then did you ever see um the second Blade Runner? Yeah, I thought that um, was twenty forty nine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yep, that's a case of too long between the films. Is yeah, yes. I, I, yep. Blade Runner, I never really got into. I I watched it multiple times to try to like it each time, and it was for me, it was like super slow. And I just saw something recently that um, Blade Runner actually used shots from The Shining. What at the very end. When they're when uh, Rutger Hauer is dying, he's that, and then they start doing these like shots of like the 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 wilderness when he's talking about mm-hmm. it's a good time to die mm-hmm. or time to die, right? Um, they use sh- the shots that uh, Stanley Kubrick didn't use for the beginning, going it to the Overlook Hotel. No kidding. And you know that wong wong, yeah. and they're doing that helicopter shot. Yeah. That he, um, what was it, Ridley Scott called mm-hmm. up uh, Kubrick and asked for a couple of shots, and they put it in there. Huh. Never knew that. It's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. Ort, you got anybody? Uh, nothing sticks out off the top of my head. Uh, Clint Eastwood, maybe. Jack oh. Nicholson, some solid yep. guys. Two good ones. Had, uh, yep. Yeah, long runs. The Departed, probably being one of the. Uh, I think I I didn't see the Irishman yet, but uh, the the Departed. I remember that being uh, a movie that really stood out. Mm-hmm. Just, that makes uh, me think Leo. Yeah, I'd watch anything Leo's in. Yeah, that had one of those moments, didn't it? It did. Holy oh, yeah. crap! You put two two high rollers like that together. Yeah, that was uh, that was something else. Uh, yeah, I don't know how far you want to go into spoilers. No, some I, of these stuff. yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'll leave it at that. That was a talk about the internet. They'll come at you. Yeah. Yeah. I always put spoiler warnings in, in my stuff. Um, Will Ferrell comedy side. I'd see about anything that he does. No. 
Uh oh. Isn't he the? Uh oh. Isn't he the worst? What is it? The lowest percentage or low, lowest bots office ratings per what he gets paid. Lowest bots office making per what per the payment to him. You know, for I did each hear movie. something, and I, I it might have. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is him. Well, yeah, could that. What I have can you see done that. So he, there's some life. clunkers out there, but but they 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 get the. That's the thing about comedy. They find their audience. You mm-hmm. know that the cult classics. Anchorman was a flop, right? Um, old school was not necessarily flop, but it found its following in DVDs. So there's Wedding Crashers. I mean, Elf. a lot of these things, comedy, oh, you, yeah. it's rewatchable. There's no suspense there. Step Brothers. Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. That, 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 these movies didn't do great at the box office, but they find it because dudes like us mm-hmm. rewatch it, rewatch it. We get a DVD so we can watch it over and over. We quote it. Mm-hmm. People are like, what's that from? And then you're like, Step Brothers or Anchorman. Did and you know? Did you know there was supposed to be an Elf sequel? Yes, I read did that. Did you read that the other yep. day? Yeah. Will Ferrell and it did not like John Favreau. Yep. And really? uh, James Conn was ready for it. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was James Conn interview. Yeah. Yeah. When they said that, yeah, Will Ferrell did want did, would not work with John Favreau. I didn't know that. Yep. Really. John Favreau seems pretty cool. Yeah. He seems like one of the coolest. Yep. Yeah. I- but I, we're I like, not running around in a elf suit in in August either in L.A. I think that's yeah. when they did that. Oh wow! I mean, I I I do those ones you named, Jake classics. Yeah. I mean, but you know, he had what was it? He had a lost war. What was it? Uh, yeah, Land, of the lost. Lost. Yeah. Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost. And he had um, the house didn't do well. Blades of Glory, which I didn't like. Yeah, again, with they're not going to be doing well in the box office and then, for sure. Yep, Holmes and Watson, really. I mean, uh, they they were supposedly like shopping that everywhere. Yep, anybody anything. to pick it up. No one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Yep. What about? Uh, or I'll ask you. Um, what about a movie that you saw that made you go back into somebody's canon? And and look and watch some more of their movies. Like you saw somebody on the screen, you're like, man, you know, yeah, I really like this guy, but I want to watch, you know, let me go some of the other stuff. So, Trav, give an example. What Are you talking director, actor? What are you talking? So for me, it would be actor. And after seeing you know, Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. would be that for me, was just seeing him in Iron Man and more importantly to me, Sherlock Holmes growing up my dad was a huge Sherlock Holmes book fan and I remember staying home from school and watching uh, movies we would rent from VIP video Um, the woman in green with Basil Rathbone is Sherlock Holmes so Sherlock Holmes meant a lot to me and then uh, Robert Downey Jr. played him and I thought did an amazing job so you know you start looking back on on movies and you look at what was it lesson zero Mm. And then you—that's a different character than Sherlock. Holmes. Yeah, very different. And then <laughs> Spader, <Chaplin>. Gertz, <laughs> Andrew McCarthy. Yeah, hey. Chaplin, of course. Mm-hmm. Not much acting from our DJ in that. No, no. Oh, in Lesson Zero, he was an addict for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. 
That was uh, that was a little bit more true. Did you find your dad saying to you like "nice move, Sherlock"? Kind of sarcastic and things like that. No, but uh, uh, there was uh, edited. Uh, you know, I'll edit here. No blank, Sherlock, with uh, with An- with Andy growing up. But <laughs> so you guys were all Sherlock's in that house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was us. We were we were smart. <laughs> You're the Sherlock's. But uh, also because you guys quoted it a ton, I hadn't seen it until. Till you guys told me about uh, Turk Lazarus. Oh, yes. Yep. Oh, the uh, what was it? Satan's Alley. Tropic Thunder. Yeah, it was. Was wasn't RDJ in uh, Satan's Alley with Tobey Maguire? Yes. In Satan's Alley, the 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 trailers, the fake trailers <laughs> at the beginning. Yep. yep. <laughs> wow. Oh my How many God. times have you seen that movie? <laughs> But it was because of you guys. Spider-Man and Iron Man, and he's playing with his beads. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was a love story. And it's because of you guys that I saw that, that I watched, you know, because I had watched it, you know, a little bit, but I don't think I watched the whole thing. But listening to you guys talk about Tropic Thunder, and then, of course, uh, Ethan Hunt. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, a breakout uh, yep. performance yeah, by again. Ethan Hunt. There he is. <laughs> but uh, Ethan Hunt as you know, Tom Cruise, <laughs> as Les Gross, <laughs> saving the world to just let oh, yeah. laying it down. Ethan Hunt Harry does not Woody. negotiate with terrorists. I bet most people don't even realize that that was Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder. Oh man, if they should, if they don't, they should go back and watch it because yeah. it's fantastic. Those of you listening, just do yourself a favor. Go back and just enjoy, enjoy. And that, and that, that was a time when everybody was talking about how crazy Tom Cruise is. Yep, like yeah. with Scientology, he was jumping yeah. on the couch. Oprah, yep. Holmes. Oprah. Yeah, and everybody's like, "This dude is nuts." I look in his eyes, and he's just like, "It's like pure evil," and there's no emotion back there. And then he does a performance like this, where he's making fun of himself, and yeah. it's one of those things that you're like, "This dude is amazing." Do you? It, do you know what, when they brought the script to him about that, what he uh-uh. said? He had two conditions. I think, oh, yeah. no. He wanted to go ahead and dance, uh-huh. and he wanted to have fat hands. <laughs> that yep. was his ben, condition? Yep. Ben Stiller was telling that <laughs> story, yep. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he was like trying to talk to him. He's like, no, he's got to have you know the fat, hairy hands. And, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man this, well i mean just so, think about him as like always being a, a a lead actor and always have to be in like in shape and every damn movie that dude is running everywhere he's, 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 he's the Ethan best Hunt. frantic runner yeah, that's, that's what Ethan Hunt does. Of hollywood i mean you've seen him right Ethan hunt is never out of shape yeah. yep yeah constantly running but but that's one of the things where he he doesn't have the the opportunity to do something like oh here's one where you check into their canon again, Christian Bale, where he's Ugh. jumping back and forth with different like body weight things. Yeah, his and body hates the mechanic. Him. Oh my gosh, yep. <laughs> that's a haunting vision. Ugh. yeah, that's. But yeah. then going right and and putting on like eighty pounds of muscle to do Batman Begins. Yep. So that that was my example. Well, and then and then American Hustle. He put on that yeah. to, oh. to play what's his name in that, you know, to have the belly and the yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, and then, and then crackhead mm-hmm. in uh, the fighter. Yep. You had who, who ahead, was or? in the fighter? Christian Bale. Oh, Christian Bale. I thought, okay, I missed. Uh, I thought you were still talking Ethan Hunt. Um, 
So yeah, uh, I'd say probably Bradley Cooper's one. Uh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. everything that dude's done is pretty. Yeah, he's his career definitely went on an up t- trajectory from the douchebag and wedding characters, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah so, but so we all know the movie that we're thinking about right now. Go for it. Midnight Meat Train? <laughs> Man, I did not see it. He yeah. was the lead. Yeah, That's the Clive Barker. <laughs> Man. That, that movie, did you watch the Silver Linings Playbook recently? Yeah. That's on the marquee That's of a the theater. Marquee. That's that they the go one in front of. It says yeah. Midnight Meat Train in there. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Yes. I watch it again. I just watched it last week. Oh, watch it, dude. <laughs> How did that I was miss David that? O'Reilly. That was David O'Russell's uh, a joke. Oh, that's hilarious! That. So, are you saying Midnight Meat Train did not do well at the box office? <laughs> it should have. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. What other train <laughs> are you gonna catch in at different markets? <laughs> Good call, Ort. <laughs> you got the ten o'clock, the eleven o'clock, and the midnight train. Yeah, you don't take the ten o'clock meat train. Yeah, you're going no, to that's... Georgia, or you're taking the meat train. <laughs> Very done. Very well done. Nice. I don't want to go to Georgia. I want to go to nice. the meat. Very well done. Since, well, yeah. Since well, since you're talking Bradley Cooper, then. Um, Jennifer Lawrence would be one because Silver Linings Playbook, when I saw that, I went back and I caught Winner's Bone. <laughs> did you? I did. <laughs> Whoa, they really let it all you, hang out. You got a window, bone for they? every season, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, yeah. did you guys ever see that one? That, that oh, falls yeah. right in with that. Oscar for that. Yeah. Um, that was in the Ozarks. Yeah, one of those ones that you don't need to see more than once. No, she she got a whoop. And there's a, oh man, uh, John Hawkins in that, mm-hmm. where, the, I mean, there's a great moment in there that, that, that he's another one that you go back and look at some of the things that he's been at. Yeah, and you go, oh, that's that guy. That's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I was just looking up another dude. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? The dude that was in uh, Scrubs and Platoon, um, John uh, McGinley. Mm-hmm. Do you remember him? One of the Bobs from yeah. Office Space? Yeah. He, I mean, he's that been like oh, character yeah, yeah. actor. He was a bad guy in a Steven Seagal movie. A Steven Seagal. They get his movie. arm broke oh. or dislocated. Uh, hey, don't uh, you bash Steven nah. Seagal? He. Well, <laughs> what does he actor. sound like? Or? Now he's a sheriff. You get on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> God, Steven Seagal. But hey, that dude was bad until we saw him run. He did not run like Ethan Hunt. No, he did not, and that's why he he's not. He did not run yeah. like the wind. He was no Forrest Gump. Man. Gump. Gump. Oh, that's something else I read, too. Uh, just Tom Hanks in an interview said that a lot of the, uh, there were various scenes in Forrest Gump that he paid for out of his own pocket. Yes, I read that article, too. Like, really? like the entire running thing across yes. the states. Yeah. He paid for that because uh, um, uh, something to do with the budget of the film. But he, oh. he was one... That he didn't make anything up front on that. He he his contract was for a percentage of the back end of the Ooh, good of, for him. of what the movie yeah. made. Yeah, he did all right. Yeah, did well, that do Napoleon well? Dynamite. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> what's that? Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, what's his name? John Heater. Uh huh. He made nothing from Napoleon Dynamite. He hates that people talk about that and it became a cult classic because he made like twenty five grand off of it. And didn't get any like residuals or anything. He had a bad contract for Sounds that. Sounds like he needed Colonel Tom. Yep. Colonel he did Parker. Need the Colonel. Yep. 50 50. Yep. It would have <laughs> been more than what he made. But uh, yeah, but would he have rather not have done it and then not been able to do anything else in his career? I mean, 
Well, who you tell me. He's typecast as Napoleon Dynamite for the rest of his life. Yeah, but he and, did a couple movies and and made enough that he doesn't have to do a regular nine to five job. I'm sure. He better make another one. No, but I'm just saying though. Would you rather? Hey, okay, we're gonna find somebody to do this that we're gonna pay. We'll find somebody else to make twenty five grand. I want Richard different... Sherman to do my contract. He does his own. Why can't he do mine? Yeah, he did all right for himself. That's right. So See, he went to Stanford. I don't think John Heater did. Billy Idol Apparently gets not. it. I don't know why she doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if I would take that because there's also, you know, like people that start with commercials and then you get like a franchise commercial and then you're just that dude from Verizon or your flow. Yeah for a progressive right. and you you try to be like a mayhem that goes and does these uh, insurance commercials and then he shows up in john wick and you're like yes the mayhem i know guy. that dude you take you right out of a movie yeah yeah we we're talking about that expectation yes well so. i think though the guy that did napoleon dynamite and, and uh, nacho libre i forget the guy's name jack black no the the uh the writer director he did both oh, of the those. director that was uh, yeah, yeah. kip the guy that played kip was a director was it? Yeah. I need a fact Looked check. Like uh, the squeaky-haired Waldo-looking guy? Well, I wonder who Kip is. I just didn't realize he was a director. Uh, I believe so. I'm on it. Okay, Jake, somebody's you should on know it. this. Is, that is not correct. <laughs> okay, there's oh, a fat check guess, right there. I guess uh, there's that. <laughs> but but he is known for Napoleon Dynamite. And I he thought did, he was uh, a director. Last Man on Earth. He did some Making History. He did Masterminds. What's his name? His Jared. name is Jared, Jared Hess. Hess. Yep. Okay. And I didn't appreciate your tone. If you're going to throw <laughs> Ethan Hawke and everything. And, uh, and Ethan tone? Hunt. Uh, uh, Jake, tone? Your, oh. your tone's fine. I don't Jake, appreciate your ruse. Kind of send me. <laughs> I heard the way you said that. And you, everybody's entitled to a mistake. That's my one. So after all that nonsense, I'd just like to go ahead and once again say a big thank you to Jake, Travis, and Josh for dropping by and, and uh, having the discussion of various things, uh, pop culture and entertainment related. And uh, we'll catch you next time on This Won't Teach You Anything. 